Welcome to Life Changing Money, a podcast all about one of the most taboo topics in the world, money. I'm your host, Barbara Shrehan, and we're going behind the scenes on business owners' journeys to money, success, and wealth. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Life Changing Money. I'm so excited because today I have my friend Cannon with us. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And do you want to tell our audience what you do today for business? I own retail stores. My husband and I actually own retail stores. We have two brick and mortar locations, an online location, and I am now designing jewelry as well. And I am getting certified to be a retail analyst for the second time. So I'm almost done with that as well. So she owns like one of my favorite boutique. Can I? It's a. It's like a boutique, right? It's a boutique. Yeah. yeah. It's a mom and pop boutique for sure. Yeah, one Women's of my favorite clothing. boutiques in San Luis Obispo County. I'm actually wearing all ambiance today because I went shopping there last week and bought all the things. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And so, can you share your story on how you <clears throat> bought ambiance yes. at such a young age? Yeah, well, so ambiance has been around since 1973, and although I do look really good for my age, I'm not that old. (laughs) I worked there when I was in college and uh, took out an SBA loan at 23 to purchase the business. I had been working there about three years, and the owner was fairly removed, checked out. I was a manager at the time, and she, she actually had just said she was you're ready to be done with clothing. I, she actually still owns retail stores, but it's more home and gift. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, well, I want to buy it. And I had no idea what I was doing, but both my parents were entrepreneurs. So I figured if they could do it, I could do it. And I took out an SBA loan of $110,000, which at the time, as a 23-year-old college student, yeah, was, might as well have been a million dollars. Right. And uh, I learned a lot the hard way. For sure. <laughs> How did you even know what an SBA loan was at 23? I definitely did not even know what that was. I don't know, actually. I I probably Googled it. I probably like how to I buy a business. How to buy a business when you have no money. And my dad actually uh, co-signed for me for the loan, gave me a small amount of money so that I would qualify for the loan. And it was 2004. And then Ooh, 2000, almost 20 years, almost 20 years. And then 2006, the economy turned. Yeah. So I, like I said, I learned a lot the hard way. The reason I'm doing the retail analyst piece now is because hiring a retail analyst changed my business. Because what is a retail analyst? We help cash flow. Basically, we help you manage inventory, which mm. in turn helps you manage cash flow. Because most small businesses really struggle with cash flow. Yeah. So So you mentioned your parents were both entrepreneurs. They were. So you grew up around were, business yep, owners. They were real my both my parents were in the mortgage business, um, and they were developers in real estate. So I grew up in track homes. Yeah. Um, I grew up and I were middle class family. Uh my neither of my parents are very good with money. As a college student at 18, I went into debt. It was the first one of the first things, first memories I have of being a college student is taking out a credit card and maxing it out and not Same. knowing how to pay, pay it off. 
<laughs> yeah, I have a similar story. Um, and I remember, you know, we, I didn't want for anything, but our electricity would get turned off every once in a while because my mom wouldn't pay the electric bill. Um, and in real estate, it's very much feast or famine. Yeah. You know, you have a couple of deals close and then you can go three, four, five, six months without another deal closing. So being good with money, I think, is really important. And it actually wasn't until the 2007-8 recession that I decided to do it differently. I actually got pregnant with my oldest son in 2007. So that helped. That was a motivator as well. You mentioned your electricity bills sometimes would not get paid what were some other like money mindsets that you remember your parents saying growing up or just like habits that they had my dad my dad listened to a lot of Jim Rohn so (laughs) I was introduced to like professional development taking a, a responsibility and being accountable for where you're at in your life which I think has really helped me um as I have become an adult. Um, Were those on the radio back then? Tapes. Tapes. Okay. He had lots of cassette tapes. Okay. Uh, my mom, I think my mom, I so people's relationships with money fascinate me. Being in retail, mm-hmm. obviously. I see, oh, yeah. I see people's relationship with money, what they're willing to spend money on. Mm-hmm. You know, some, some people can justify a $3,000 handbag but wouldn't spend... $60 on a t-shirt. Mm. So, um, you know, I, part of that is the stories they grew up seeing value one place over another place. Uh, my mom was a big spender and liked to go big. So I think she had a very loose, uh, relationship with money. Mm-hmm. Although as a kid, it was very fun. We got to do a lot of fun things. It's not very responsible. Mm-hmm. And that was definitely, my 18 to 25, I probably mimicked some of that. Um, I think getting pregnant and then watching my parents go through um, that recession because because it was really a real estate-based recession. Yeah. They were hit the hardest. Uh, I r- realized that I needed and wanted to do it differently. And so how did you check through that in 2008, having a retail store? I did I did have to let go of my staff at the time, and I ran the business by myself. I had a um, Hayden, I think was he was born born in 07, so I had a toddler. My husband was going to school at Cal Poly and working nights at Big Sky. And, oh, I love Big Sky, and uh, which is a restaurant. And he um, would take Hayden to school with him and drop him off at the Ch- Children's Center uh, on Cal Poly. Cal Poly, yeah, campus. And then he would drop him off with me before he would go into Big Sky. And it was definitely a challenging time. I couldn't pull any money out of the business. We lived off of his student loans and the money he brought in from Big Sky. And I, someone introduced me to The Secret. Oh, yeah. I got really into it. <laughs> I would watch a few minutes every day. And the really what I... What I got out of it was just how important your mindset is. And I could have felt discouraged and been frustrated and really lived in the energy that most people were at the time, which was um, Mm fear-based. 
And instead, I decided to focus on what I was grateful for. And I had a home and we had food on the table to feed our child and everyone was healthy. Yeah. And so really, life was good. It was uh, long, long days, a lot of work, but I'm not afraid of work. And when were you able to start hiring people back? I ran the store by myself for about eight months during that period. I think late 2008, I started hiring and I just, I, you know, I knew that when I brought someone back in, they were going to be the right person for the job. And I wasn't willing to compromise because Mm -hmm. I could do it on my own. And I hired this wonderful girl who had just a great personality, was great at connecting with people, loved fashion. We had some growth that year. And then in 2009, I, I actually doubled the business. It was the biggest growth wow. I had ex- experienced since I bought the business. And we were still in a depressed economy. What do you think like attributed to that? My, my mindset, my determination, my willingness to try anything. Yeah. <laughs> I did a lot of closet cleanouts. Uh, what is that? Where I would go and help people purge goods that they weren't wearing, didn't love anymore, and then we'd fill in the holes. Oh, okay. Uh, And just, I think, being positive. I think people are attracted to positive people. Mm -hmm. I think people, especially when things are hard, want to be around that. Yeah. What advice would you give for our business owners that are trying to hire People. I think that's one of the hardest things when owning a business is hiring and managing, hiring yeah. and managing. So I would say that this is this time is probably the most difficult time I've experienced uh, in terms of hiring. Uh, I used to so I've changed my philosophy, my paradigm around hiring. I used to want to hire people and keep them. My whole goal was how do I create a role that offers everything someone would want to see this as a career? Mm-hmm. Now, my goal is to help them be the best version of themselves they can be. So when they move on in their life and move on to another employer, move on to do something on their own, they have all the tools that they need to be successful. And I want I want their next boss to say, where did you work? Mm. You're amazing. And because everybody has the potential to grow and be the best version of themselves. So I want to help inspire that and give them the opportunity to grow. How do you know when it's the right time to hire someone? Is it just a feeling when you're interviewing them? Is it a certain question you ask? I actually run all my employees through a working interview. It's a new thing that I've implemented in the last probably six months. So if they have a good first interview, sometimes we'll bring them back for a second, uh, depending on the role, the size of the role. But everybody has to do a working interview for one day. So they have to be willing to do it. Not everybody is. Mm -hmm. It really gives us an opportunity and them an opportunity to know if this is a good fit. We had someone, we actually offered a job, and after the working interview, she she knew it wasn't for her. And I was like, that's great. Yeah, that we just saved, saved you time. saved me time and money <laughs> and her time. So, um, and sometimes you're going to get it wrong. You yeah. just, you know. And sometimes you see, I 
you see someone's potential, but maybe they're not at a place in their life where they're ready to, to grow. And when or how do you coach people to be the best versions of themselves? Like you were saying, you want them to go onto their next role or career being the best version of themselves. A lot of patience. Uh, giving people opportunity that they're interested in. We just hired a young lady who's um, a college student uh, right out of high school, and she loves fashion. She wants to know everything about fashion. So I just let her know. I said, if there's something you want to know, let me know. I will make the time to go over it with you so you understand the inner workings of the business mm-hmm. and you, you know, can determine how, how this can uh, shape your life path. Lots of encouragement. I have, we use Snap to, not Snap, it's my 16-year-old, we use um, (laughs) Slack, Slack, thank you, to communicate. And I have a get inspired. And every day, without fail, I'll put something in there for people. Something to think about. a little quote. A little quote, something to think about, uh, words of encouragement. Because I think there's, we're, we're exposed to a lot of information every day, day in and day out. And it's not always good information or positive information, you know, between social media and television. Yeah. There's a lot of crap out there. There sure is. When did you start going all into social media? Uh, Actually, we had an old manager who really pushed us prior to COVID um, and then during COVID, our, you know, our intention, our goal was to try to support all the other businesses in our community that we could. So it was really easy, you know, to partner and share. And I have a couple girlfriends who've been very successful. You're one of them <laughs> with social media. It's a, it's a labor of love for sure. It's a labor. That's it's for sure. Labor. <laughs> um, I have such mixed feelings about social media because, uh, it's all made up yeah. and it consumes a lot of our time and attention. Yeah. But it's a great business tool mm-hmm. for sure. And when did you get, cause now you can shop online Yep, for your stores, but that, that wasn't always the case. We've had a website for probably five years, but we went all in during COVID. We had four locations at one point. Um, and then we closed one in 2019 and we closed one in, uh, 2020 during COVID. And we decided to put all of our energy and efforts into the web, uh, web store. It's, we're rebuilding it as we speak. So it'll, we'll relaunch it in probably the next 30 days. What will be like different or improved about it? Uh, user experience. So I, I always tell my team, we never really sell anything. It's all about the experience that we give our clients and the customers. Like I'm in the business of amazing customer service. I want people to leave the store, whether they shopped a ton or didn't shop at all, just feeling good about the experience there. Mm -hmm. And through that, people will want to shop. You know, we do try to curate the best products as well. But it's hard to translate that into an online space. Mm. So that's what we're working towards is creating better a better user experience. And how do you like fix your mindset around people probably say, well, 
no one shops in stores anymore. Everyone shops online only. What's kind of your mindset around the whole internet shopping? I think brick and mortar will always be important. I think people want to come in and touch and feel and try. So I don't see that ending anytime soon. I mean, I could foresee a future, I guess, where it looks very different mm-hmm. and it's it's changing and it's speeding up in the way that it's changing and the expectations of the customer service experience and uh, what you're able to offer and do for them for sure. I mean, I don't know about you, but I want to go shopping with my girlfriends. Me too. I have friends with like a totally different outlook. Like they only shop online and they don't want to try stuff on in store. They think it's a pain and I'm the exact opposite. I'm like, I have to try it on. And like, I love like looking through the racks and I feel like stuff just like looks different totally than a picture totally. when I like see it. And so I'll never like not want to shop, shop in, in person. Store. When I do shop online, I feel like I have to order like 50 things to keep maybe like five. I totally. feel like I have to like over order because I'm like, well, this isn't going to work and this isn't going to work. So and it's hard. It's hard to. I mean, colors. I mean, we've had we have this skirt. It's a beautiful skirt, but it's very vibrant and the the photos that we have don't show it. Right. So mm. there, there's easy. There's things like that that are hard to catch. Yeah. Through a computer screen. For sure. Okay, so you got through the 2008 downturn, and then was there one in between like that in COVID? I don't even know. No, I don't think so. It was it was 2006 is when it started. I think like 2007 is when I really felt it, and then it I think 2000 it was a long. It felt like 2010, 2011. It started to go back up, but mm-hmm. it felt long. And then March 2020, party time. What? <laughs> what was your thought when um, everything uh, shut down? Uh, well, concern, first and foremost. You know, I think at that time, none of us really knew what the next, well, we were worried, worried about our loved ones and worried about what what we should do to protect everybody. And yeah. um, I was worried about the business. I was the first person at my bank to get the PPP loan, I had actually, I was researching, you know, kind of what the government was going to offer. And I found applications on um, other sites and it started just, Hey, I know this isn't your application, but it is an application. Oh, that's Um, smart. At least my, our branch and they were going to have some portal and the portal was broken. And so I was just like texting and calling and emailing and they're like, we're going to take care of it for you. Uh, so I was very grateful for that. It was definitely needed. Mm -hmm. Um, I, and was your store like shut down? Like you couldn't. Oh yeah. yeah. And I, we, um, I I did have to unfortunately lay off all my part-time employees. I kept all my full-time employees, but I probably, had we not gotten the PPP loan, I wouldn't have been able to do that for very long. Yeah. And so you're in California for anyone listening. So California, I feel like was shut down like the longest for sure and maybe new york and california new york and california so when could you just like open doors like normal um we opened it was sometime was it may i think without i mean we could open with mass and i think we for a while we like open closed open closed yeah and then um we opened 
and then soon after um, there was like there were lots of um, protests. Then I decided to help a girlfriend run for mayor of our town. So that took my eye off the ball for a while. It was a fun adventure. Um, I'm retired from politics. Oh, nice. Forever. Yeah. That sounds stressful. <laughs> it's so stressful. Uh, but I think open without masks, I don't know. I honestly don't remember. The last couple of years have been a blur, yeah. honestly. And then, uh, you know, at some point there was a lot of people were saving and not doing anything. So there was a lot of um, pinned up, I think, need for shopping. Things were very good 2020. Um, oh, so like people saved their money and then they were like, woo, let's uh, go I, shopping. I think, I think statistically it was one of like the most amount of money Americans had saved. It, oh. One of – in history. Maybe yeah. Like I mean they couldn't time, go anywhere. Couldn't go anywhere. So – and we were, you know, getting some support from the government. So right. people had money coming in and unless you were – I don't know what you're doing, buying, playing video games – I mean, I do remember like walking through the malls and there'd be like lines outside of every store. Well, we, they like, were having what is lim- happening? limit probably how many people could go in at a time. Oh, that too. Yeah. But, you know, 2021 was a good year. Definitely. But how did you like wake up every day knowing your stores are closed and just being like, I have no idea when this is going to end? Like, did you journal every day? Like, how, like what was your stress reliever? We had bought our second home. We have we have a home that we rent to college students, and we had bought our second home in January of um, 2020. Closed. <laughs> Great timing. <laughs> and I told my family, I was like, "Well, enjoy it because I don't know how long we'll be able to keep it." Uh, but it was. We have two acres, so I spent a lot of time outside. We would we would take the dog for a walk. You know, I was with my kids. Like as as tough as that time was. I really appreciated the time I spent with my kids because I'll never get that experience again. And time is a commodity that I don't think we put enough value on. And now that I have a 16-year-old, I only have two more Christmases to have him, like, home home. Yeah. Um, I mean, he'll come home for college, but it'll be different, you Mm -hmm. know? I I value that time. I I would make them – I spend a lot of time on social media – because it was the one way we could connect with our clients. And I would um, make recipes at home and I would get all that content up. But I would, every day, I would make them a little like fruit bowl that I'd taken <laughs> while they were Zooming from school. Um, and we'd play board games. And so, you know, there was a lot of silver linings, I think, in COVID. What do you want your kids to know about college or what's your outlook on college or versus entrepreneurship? I went to college and I have a biochemistry degree that I'm using right yeah. now. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think the college experience is really um, important. I don't think it's for everybody. Uh, I definitely think there are trades even that are under, uh, probably undervalued in our society. Mm-hmm. Have, you, have you heard the joke uh, about the plumber and the no. doctor? So a, a doctor had flooding in his house, and he had to hire a plumber. And the plumber came out, and he's like, yeah, I can take care of this for you. And so he spends, you know, half a day doing it and gives the doctor the bill. And he goes, you know, I don't even charge these rates. This is crazy. 
And he's, the plumber said, I didn't either when I was a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I want my kids to, I want them to be fulfilled and happy. And I don't know what that's going to look like for them. I, I definitely think college is a good stepping stone into independence because someone said you slowly take the scaffolding away from your kids you know the the support that they need and I think college they still have a little bit of that support because there's structure and it's kind of like what they know so I hope they go to college I, I have someone working for me with a master's degree most of my people that work for me have had some college experience if not a degree Mm -hmm. but there I mean again I see the value in life experience I know a lot of entrepreneurs that don't have a college degree right you have a college degree don't you yeah I have my master's see see in tax in tax yeah yeah what do you want them to know about money that we all we made it all up it isn't real you don't need to have an emotional connection to it I'm a I'm a very driven person and I am driven because I want to be able to give my family, my kids, you know, I think most parents, everything they could ever want within reason, right? Mm-hmm. It's how do you give them everything you want without spoiling them. Right. But I do think that having uh, your priorities should be relationships and uh, time and experience. Um so it's a balance. It's hard as an entrepreneur to balance those things. It is, yeah. What advice would you give to someone just starting a business? Give yourself some grace. You're probably going to make a lot of mistakes. <laughs> you're probably going to be. You're probably going to fail at things. And to surround yourself with people smarter than you. Uh, I've, I've been, you know, blessed, fortunate enough to meet a lot of people that know how to do things I don't know how to do and I just wanted to learn everything they knew I will be a lifelong learner I believe we should always be growing that's one of my sayings too really? I always say like always be a white belt mm-hmm. I like it yeah it's uncomfortable though at times I'm, I'm taking this class becoming a retail analyst again through um, this company called uh, management one and I did it four or five years ago and never used it I need, I need to go through the certification again, uh, and I have homework, and I'm getting graded on presentations. <laughs> How's that going? Uh, I called my husband after the first presentation and said, don't tell the kids, but I'm pretty sure I just failed that. <laughs> it's not really a pass-fail, but it's it was not a good grade. Uh, so it's very humbling. But it also we we only grow when it's uncomfortable. We right. don't grow when it's easy. Exactly. And I want to grow. Um, I want to I want to do more financially or do better financially because I feel like there's some place. This is this is a story that I probably need to address. There is a place that you can get to where then then you can relax. Mm. Right. Uh, I remember. When we bought our first home, taking every single penny out of every single bank account, and at the time we only put 3% down on this house, and it was above what we thought we could afford, like right outside the range, we, I took it to the title company, 
And I was like, man, I hope this is the right decision. <laughs> and when it was never an issue. It was never one time. We never had an issue. And I, But I remember like laying in bed when we moved into that house and thinking like, how much money would I need in my bank account to sleep better at night? Mm. And as your business grows and your responsibilities grow, your expenses grow, that it's it's like you're chasing a number. Right. Uh, you know, I have friends who are... And that number changes all the time. Right. <laughs> I have friends that are, you know, far more successful than me, who I admire greatly. And it's so funny because I, I can see it with them. You know, there's there's they have millions in the bank and that doesn't feel safe based on their lifestyle or based on the things that they've mm-hmm. um, committed to. And so I'd like to get to a place where that's not something I think about. And I, I think it's a number, but it's probably not really not. It's probably just living in that space, finding a way to be a Zen master around financial freedom. Yeah. What's your next like financial goal? Well, I do think, I think we're in a recession. Nobody wants to say the R word, but we've had, you know, now three quarters where the stock market's down. The fascinating thing about the economy, though, it's 75% of it's just consumer confidence. So mm-hmm. if the government manages never to say that word, it's probably better because people won't panic. Mm-hmm. And there are people that are affected by um, economic downturn and, um, uh, inflation, for sure. There are a lot of people that aren't, but it's it's again their relationship with money. Whether or not they go into that fear state as mm-hmm. to whether or not it really impacts how they're spending and things that they're doing. But you know, through every challenge, there's opportunity. So I do hope to find the opportunity. I don't know that I have like a specific financial goal. My I mean my goals. I meditate every day and at the end of my meditation, you have, you know, uh, it's a guided meditation, three things that, you know, you want to happen next week, next month or next year. And for me, it's just finding peace. Mm. Yeah. We all want that. Yeah. Will you send me that link to the guided meditation? For sure. hundred percent. What's your next family goal? Well, we're going to Africa. In September, we're going on safari, and my husband is going to hike Kilimanjaro afterwards with his sister. He hiked to the base camp of Everest last year with his dad. I feel like he'll do Kilimanjaro like like it was a breeze. The altitude sickness is a real issue. Yeah. It, he got sick last time, and I think Kilimanjaro, if I remember correctly, is higher. I know. So oh, I'm so nervous. So take the Diamox, because I know you're going, yes. right? Yeah. And so I'm just excited to spend that time with my kids. We're going to go on some camping trips. We're going to start checking out colleges. Oh, where do you want them to go? Um, Wherever they want to go. I don't have a... You don't want them to stay local? No, I actually think it would be good for both of them to to move far. Yeah. To experiment with being, like, truly independent. Mm-hmm. Um, and that may mean that they do it for a year and hate it. And they come back, but at least they know. Yeah, at least they tried. Yeah. Well, for those of you listening, you should definitely go to shopambiance.com and check out. And, and I want to spell it because there's a couple out there. It's A-M-B-I-A-N-C-E because there is a shop ambience. Oh, yeah. weird. 
I well, know. the right way to spell shop ambiance. <laughs> and ambiance.com is a sex store. So please. <laughs> <laughs> and I love their stuff. You can always reach out on social media and their employees will like show you their stuff. They'll even like try it on for you. And if you use the code LIFECHANGING10, you'll get a discount as well. And I love your stuff. So keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Thanks for being on. I'm proud of you. Aw, thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of Life Changing Money. Don't forget to subscribe. And I would love if you left a review and shared it with your friends. See you next time.